I'm Chad Roberts. I'm your Bible teacher today. And on Awakened to Grace, we are in part two of a great sermon called Unhurried Worship. This is part of a broader series called The Unhurried Life. We are learning what it means to live in God's pace, at God's rhythm, rather than what this hectic and frantic society tells us to do. Well, today, oh, what a powerful sermon. It's part two of Unhurried Worship. We're talking about what do you do when you face battles and you don't know what to do. God told his people, rather than fighting, he said to worship. He taught us what a weapon that worship is. Well, I'm so glad to share this with you today. Have you picked up my book, Calling on the Name of the Lord? It's available on Amazon.com. It's available through my website, AwakenedToGrace.com. You can get the physical book, you can do an ebook, or you can even grab the audio book. It is wonderfully narrated by Caleb Stone. Grab a copy of it today from Audible. Well, let's get to God's Word, the unhurried life in this part two of Unhurried Worship. So the Spirit of God tells them exactly where to go. They get up early the next morning. (laughs) They go to the front line of battle. Now we've seen Jehoshaphat go to God. We've seen God respond to his people. God says, you're not to fight. I'm going to fight. Hallelujah. Now I want to see the people's response to God. The Bible says that after taking counsel with the people, you're not going to believe what they did. You're not going to believe it. How many of you know that sometimes God doesn't make sense? Have you found that true in your life? Sometimes God does not make sense. Sometimes he will tell you to do something that it makes absolutely no sense. There was one time in my life, I was very young. I was, it was actually before I was even a pastor. I was very young. Now, I would preach in a bunch of churches. I'd always be somewhere preaching at another church. And one day I got off of work and I was so tired. I remember it was a Friday night and I was so tired. And the Lord spoke to me. I was so young, so young. Wasn't married, didn't, didn't, wasn't, wasn't a pastor yet. And the Lord, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you to go to the mall in Johnson City. I care nothing for malls at all. One of, one of the blessings of blindness is I don't have to go shopping with Sadie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't want to go at all for no reason. Didn't want anything, didn't need anything, had no interest. I was tired. But I knew the Spirit of God told me to. So I go. I pull into the parking lot, and I'm thinking, why does God want me to come here? There's nothing here I want. What what am I doing? But then it dawned on me. Oh, I know what the Lord's doing. I'm going to run into a pastor. And that pastor's going to ask me to come preach at his church. That's That's what the Lord's doing. So I start walking through that mall, and I bet people thought I was nuts because I was looking at everybody. Who do I know? Who do I know? Who do I know? Where's a pastor? I'm gonna I'm gonna find a pastor. This is what God's doing. 
I walked all the way through that mall, and I came to the very end. There was a big, large wall, nothing around. And you ever feel foolish with the Lord? You ever feel like you obeyed God, but it was foolish? It made no sense? And in that moment, I thought to myself, Chad, you're, you're so silly. You thought God told you to do this. So silly. You wasted your time. You wasted gas, and you wasted your time. And right then, the Spirit of God said, you're not done. Go to the wall. It's probably 15, 20 feet. I felt even more foolish. I felt even more silly. There's nothing. There's a wall. There's not even any people around. I bet security was watching me every move I made. And I'm just standing there frozen. And the Spirit of God saying, go to the wall. Why? Go to the wall. I obeyed and I walked to that wall. And I'm telling you, my nose was at the wall. And I felt like an idiot. And I said, okay, God, now what? And do you know what the Spirit of God said? Changed my life that day. The Spirit of God said, if you go through your life every day looking for me the way you looked for someone, you will find me every single day. It was obedience. That was the point. Obedience. Sometimes God will tell you to do something that makes no sense. It seems foolish in the eyes of men. It may even seem foolish in your eyes. Very well may happen. But obey what God tells you to do. You don't know what obedience releases from heaven into your life when you obey God. Obey him, amen? So here they are, insurmountable odds, outnumbered three to one. They line up, and what are they going to do? Now this is important. When you go back to verse five and six and seven, All of Judah gathered to seek the help of God. You don't know what it does when you seek God's help. The power that's really behind you when you seek the help of the Lord. I was listening some months ago to a wonderful preacher, and he actually is a preacher, but he's also an attorney. Actually, he's an attorney who preaches. And his calling is to help pastors and to help churches who get into legal trouble, people who pick fights with churches. What did we say in the beginning? Uh, Israel didn't pick this fight. It came looking for them. How many of you know sometimes that happens? This pastor was, this attorney was with a pastor and they were losing a case. They had falsely accused a church and this pastor and it was very bad and The prosecutors had an entire team of attorneys. They were stacked with lawyers. And it was this one defender and the pastor. The judge was against them. The jury was against them. The attorneys were against them. And they were going down. The pastor, they're in a hotel and waiting for the last day of the trial. The pastor calls the attorney at 2 a.m. and says, what are you doing? (laughs) He was asleep. (laughs) He said, I'm praying. (laughs) 
<laughs> said, no, come down here. We need to pray. He goes to the pastor's room. The pastor said, you know we're losing. The attorney said, yeah, I know. The pastor said, they're all against us. The judge is against us. He said, yeah, I know. The pastor said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go to this corner of the room. You're going to go to that corner of the room. And we're going to pray and ask God to intervene. He said, I need you to confess your sins, and I'm going to confess my sins. The attorney (laughs) went and knelt down in the corner at 2 a.m., and the pastor begins to pray heaven down. The pastor's confessing this sin and that sin and this sin and that sin, and then all of a sudden, he hears the pastor say, I don't hear no sin being confessed. (laughs) And they prayed. And they prayed quite fervently. They go into court that next morning. You're not going to believe what happened. They asked the prosecution to open up and say whatever they're going to say. And the attorney said, well, Your Honor, we're going to need more time. We don't know what's happened, but... uh, We're not in agreement. We were in agreement up until last night, and now this morning, we're not in agreement. We're going to need some time to talk. And then one of the other attorneys stood up and said, this is all false. None of this is true. The pastor's innocent. The church is innocent, and just blew everything up. Amen? God stepped in, and he intervened. Watch what happens in our text. King Jehoshaphat goes to the front lines. And he tells the men of war, you're going to stand still. Hold your position and see the salvation that God is going to bring on your behalf. You're not going to fight. You're going to stand still, hold the position, and see the salvation that God is going to bring. And then they did the most bizarre thing, one of the most bizarre things that's in the Bible. Something that made no sense whatsoever. Something that to a logical, reasoned mind makes absolutely no sense. They called for the singers. They put on holy attire. No swords, no spears, no shields. They put on holy attire and they lined the front line of war with praise and worship singers. How would you like to be in the choir on that day? If the sopranos could come over, uh, tenors come over, oh no, (laughs) some of you are in choir, you wouldn't want, no, they lined them all up on the front, and listen to what the Bible says, this is unbelievable, the Bible says that when they began to sing praise unto the Lord, listen what God did, the Bible says that God laid an ambush for the enemy. And he confounded the enemy. And the enemy turned on one another. And they killed all of each other. The Bible says that Judah went to the watchtower. And they saw a number that couldn't be numbered. This great multitude. This great horde. And the Bible says that not one of them escaped. Not even one. What is the point today? The point is when you have the right perspective of God, when you worship God because of who he is, when you worship God because of his power and his sovereignty and his care for his people, when you worship God out of the right perspective, it gives you the right perspective of life's problems. 
And instead of dwelling on those problems, you go straight to God and God empowers you for the battle to the point you don't even fight the battle. You stand still and hold the line and God fights for you. God is willing and God is eager and God is able to fight on your behalf. God doesn't need your help. God doesn't need your strategy. God doesn't need your ability. God doesn't need uh, what you think you bring to the table. God can defeat your enemies all by himself. He just needs you to hold the line. Hold the position. Just stand firm. I'm telling you, in this season I'm facing right now, I have told Satan over and over, and every, every spirit of darkness that's assigned to my situation right now, I am going to hold the line. I'm not going to back down. The harder Satan fights me, the harder I will preach. My job is not to fight. My job is to stand still, hold my position, and watch what God's going to do in my life. And that's your responsibility as well. You don't need to fight today. You don't need to worry yourself today. You don't need to fret about the outcome today. You just need to hold the line and worship God for who he is. That's your responsibility. And when you and I have the right view of God, then we will worship God in the right way. And that right worship is going to release his power into our life. And we're going to watch God do what only God can do in the midst of our battles. Some of you are worried today and you're afraid today and you're fretting today. I want to tell you, God can step right in and God can work on your behalf. And he will, according to his word. You say, Chad, what do I do? Just stand still. Some of you, I, I can feel it right now by the spirit of God. Some of you have contemplated, this is the Lord speaking to someone, you have actually thought that this will be your last day in church because it's not doing you any good. Let me tell you, Satan is a liar. He wants you to back down. He wants you to turn around. He wants you to quit. He'll do everything he can to knock you over, to get you out of the way. You've done nothing to merit the attack that's come upon your life. But listen, God's going to fight for you. Don't quit. Hold the line. Hold your position and don't quit for nothing. It's exactly what the enemy wants. But when you hold your position, you're standing still. You're standing in faith. You're standing on the word of God. You're standing on the promises of God. I'm telling you, that allows God to work in supernatural ways in your life. And God doesn't need your abilities. And God doesn't need your strength or your natural abilities. He has supernatural ability that he can bring right in the middle of your life. And right in the middle of your circumstance. Hold the line today. Hold your position. Take up the shield of faith. And say, I'm going to stand. And I'm not going to back down one inch. I'm going to stand my ground. Why? Because God is going to fight for you. I'll tell you today what the prophet of God said. The battle is not yours. It is God's. This blindness has not. It's not about me. 
It's about God's plans and God's purposes. The healing is not about me. It's about God's plans and God's purposes. What am I to do? Hold the line. That's my job. That's your job. And as we do it, watch what happens. When they began to sing praise, God laid an ambush for the enemy. I don't know how my story is going to go. I don't know. I don't know. I'm literally speechless. I don't even know what to say. I don't know how. And I don't know when. I could not tell you how or when or any. I can't even give you a description, but this is what I know. God is going to ambush the enemy for what he's done. He's going to ambush him. I'm just going to hold the line. I'm going to hold the line. I'm going to hold the line. Are you going to do the same in your life? There may be one. There may be five. There may be many that Satan has told you, quit. Hold the line. Satan's told you, God's given up. He hasn't even started yet. Hold the line. Hold your position. Don't quit today. Watch what happens. God confounds the enemy. He lays an ambush for the enemy. I think about that pastor and that attorney. What an ambush that God laid on their behalf. Amen. What an ambush. What an ambush. The Bible says that when they went to the watchtower, there were so many bodies, you couldn't even count it. Not one of them had escaped. And the Bible says, (laughs) the Bible says that the men of war went and they began to take the spoil away from the dead bodies of the enemy. They were great and mighty in goods and precious goods and fine clothing. And the Bible says that Israel took all of that for themselves. And it was so much that they could not even carry it all. And the Bible says that it took them three days to get all the spoil. Let me tell you, when God intervenes and when God ambushes the enemy, oh my goodness, the blessings of God that's going to come into our life. We're going to go in and we're going to take from the enemy what he tried to take from us. Amen? And so here they are, three days, three days, three days it takes them. And the Bible says when they came back to Jerusalem, they came back singing. And watch what it says. God calls them to rejoice over their enemy. To rejoice over their enemy. I don't know who this is intended for today, but I'm telling you by the authority of God's word, God's going to turn your situation and you're going to rejoice over the enemy in your life. 
Don't quit. You've come far. You've come way too far. The Spirit of God has guided you. He's directed you. You're on the front lines of this war. And if you will just stand still today, if you will just hold your position today, you will watch, you will see how God will work in your behalf. And you'll take the spoil of the enemy. And God will allow you to rejoice over your enemy. Amen. They came, the Bible says, this great horde, this great multitude came against the people of God, devoting themselves to destruction, and God utterly destroyed them. See, my friends, you and I don't fight for victory. See, you know what the difference is between this story in the Old Testament and where you and I are living today in the New Covenant? Jesus Christ permanently gave us victory. That's why you and I don't have to fight today. We just have to stand. Because Jesus Christ has already given us. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumphal procession. The victory is already won. We don't fight to get victory. We fight because of victory. So we stand on the front lines today, not with our knees shaking, not afraid. We stand on the front lines, worshiping the God who is the maker of heaven and earth, worshiping the God who controls the kingdoms of this world, worshiping the God who has already said, it is finished (laughs) amen it is finished and let me tell you God doesn't give partial victories God gives total victory God doesn't give partial salvation God gives complete salvation and I'm telling you God's not going to give me partial healing God's going to give me total healing in Jesus' name. Amen. And you say, Chad, when's it going to come? I can't tell you. You say, Chad, how's it going to happen? I don't know. Chad, when's God going to turn it? I, I don't have any of those answers. But see, I don't need those answers. What I need to do is hold the line. And that's all I need to do. And worship God, not because of what he can do but because of who he is and see because and help me Lord not to say this pridefully because God is so valuable in my life he's more valuable than my eyes it's more valuable than the ability to see He's more valuable than anything I can gain. And he's far more valuable than anything I'll ever lose. He's valuable to me. And that's why today I worship him in gain and in loss, in heartache and in joy. I worship God. 
Is he valuable to you today? Can you worship in spite of what you're walking through? Can you worship in spite of what you face? Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.